Welcome to the Thinking Like a Boss podcast. I'm your host, Kate Krocko, author, therapist, and business mindset coach. In just 20 minutes a week, I'm going to coach you to your breakthrough, whether you're folding laundry, walking the dog, or in the school pickup line. It's hard to chase your dreams, chase clients, and chase littles at the same time. Your inner critic doesn't have to hold you back anymore. Together, we'll make you the boss of your brain so you can become the confident boss of your business and your life. Ready for your weekly mindset makeover? Let's turn your limiting beliefs into limitless opportunity starting now. Welcome to episode 138 of the Thinking Like a Boss podcast. We are starting a brand new series this week, and we are going to be talking just sort of about the behind the scenes in my life, my business, what life has been like, what I have been up to over the last four or five months. I feel like I need to fill you guys in. We had a really long series where we dove into the Thinking Like a Boss book and I read a part of each chapter and then discussed a little bit about my thoughts and just what I'm sort of experiencing. And yeah, that's what we did for a good 12 weeks or so. So right now, I will just tell you guys where I'm at. It is June 15th, and this episode will be out about two months after. So you are listening to this in August. I right now am still pretty much on my maternity. So I'm keeping this easy, guys. I'm recording this on my phone as we speak. So the sound quality might be slightly different. Um, But you know what? A mama's got to do what a mama's got to do. So I can't promise you that there will not be a crying baby in this episode. But I will do my best to keep it focused because I can get a little distracted at times. So anyways, without further ado, let's dive into episode 138 of the Thinking Like a Boss podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about finding meaning in the waiting. So waiting is one of the hardest things for me and probably most of the people that I know. When we want something, we want it now, and especially the generation that we're living in. This is a generation of instant gratification. This is a time of instant gratification. Literally everything is at our fingertips. And especially with what we experienced in 2020, I think even more of what we want and desire is at our fingertips because so many things have gone remotely, have gone, moved on over to the digital world. So one thing that has not moved to the digital world, what I will say is having a baby. And today I want to share with you guys a little bit about the birth story of Andrew Joseph Krakow, our sweet little boy, Um, because there's a lot of meaning and just a lot of lessons in this birth story with which every birth story I've had so far, we have three little ones. Um, If you guys don't know, we have Annabelle who just turned four during this story. Um, We have Charlotte, our little Charlie, who is two and a half. And then we've got Andrew, who is now seven weeks old. So I want to share with you guys just a little bit about what I was going through because it was a really quiet season for me. So 
I'm going to actually be recording an episode for you guys where I'm going to talk about how I planned for maternity and um, how that was really um, shaped by my former maternities, the maternities that I had before, what went wrong with those. Um, And here's what I'm going to say. You can plan all that you want. Nothing will ever go perfect. Nothing will ever go anywhere near how you expect it to go. Let's just say that. Um, So my first, again, I'm not going to get really into them because I'm going to save a full episode for that because a lot of you guys have asked that question on Instagram. Like, how do you plan? Like, what do you do when you're your own boss? Because you don't get paid time off. Um, how do you factor that in? How do you save up enough money to be able to even take a maternity? So I want to get into all the nitty gritty of that. And I actually did a masterclass a couple months ago, um, in my mastermind where the ladies were asking all the questions and I really outlined it for them. And, um, they got a lot of value from that. And PS mastermind doors are open again. So if you're interested in joining, make sure you go to katecrocko.com forward slash breakthrough, fill out an application and we can hop on a quick call so I can tell you all about it. So anyways, I knew with this one that there was a possibility that this baby could come early. So Annabelle, our first arrived three weeks early. Charlie, our second, arrived three days late. So the doctor, you know, said to us, there's a chance that your baby could come as early as a month or could also come late. We just don't know. And me being not a planner, but a little bit of a control freak at times, um, said to myself, I don't want to be scrambling. Like, I don't want to have all of these coaching calls and maybe classes that I'm going to be teaching or things that I'm involved in that have to get canceled if this baby were to come early. Um, So I said to myself, I am going to quote unquote, stop working about a month before the due date. Due date was April 15th. So we closed the doors to the mastermind on March 15th. We had a little mini launch beforehand. We had a bunch of new ladies who jumped in and joined us. Um, I was still running the mastermind, um, but I wasn't doing any promoting. I really was sort of quiet on social media um, and just preparing for this baby to come, which he could have come any day, right? Something else that was happening at that time was my book edits. So this is book number three, um, number two with my publishing house. And two years ago, when I was in the trenches of editing my first book, all I will say was there were a lot of edits that had to be done. There was a lot of corrections. Um, We actually... The book was written as a faith-focused book at first, and we decided to, last minute, to shift the audience and change it to a general audience book. So it almost felt like I was like rewriting the whole book again. And going through that grueling process really sort of left a little bit of PTSD. And and I'm not saying that to... Um, minimize what PTSD is for people at all. But I, in a way, was traumatized where I had so much anxiety 
and um, the sense of like wanting to control and wanting to be overly prepared so that I wasn't in that same place that I was the last time where I remember like getting all of these edits back and having to switch the book at the last minute. And um, Charlie was just a little baby and my sister was getting married and Easter was about to arrive and we had all this stuff planned. Um, I had like a couple of trips that I was planning on going to, a couple conferences. I was doing some speaking. Plus on top of that, I was coaching. And I remember feeling like things were spinning out of control and I had no control over these edits. And um, I just remember it like just being very tense in our house because my husband was working full time and, you know, I was like not sleeping to try to get these edits done. So again, that's all I've had on my mind since that time. Like, is that going to be my experience again? And often, this is a little lesson in itself, what we've experienced in our past, we hold on to so tightly. And we are convinced that when we go through something similar in the future, we're going to have the exact same experience. And we prepare for that. When we often forget that life changes and we grow, we change. And Things don't always end up the same. And, you know, again, I carved out this extra month just to have this spaciousness so that I could do edits and I wouldn't feel stressed out. And if baby were to come early, I wouldn't be stretched thin with two toddlers home. And guess what? I got my first round of edits back and there weren't many at all. And I was like, I had this like weird feeling like, how could that even be possible? And I realized I've just grown, I've grown as a writer. This book, I also sort of made this pact with God when going into it, just saying, God, you tell me what to write and I'll write it. I'm not going to hold back. If people don't like me after reading this, I really don't care. So what? I just know that you have a message for me to share. And it was one of the easiest books I've ever written. I'll just say that. Um, And I didn't have a ton of edits. So that felt a little bit out of control in some ways because I was expecting all of this work to be done. And it's uncomfortable when we receive, even when it's something great, right? Something that we're really excited about, but it's uncomfortable when we receive something that's different than what we expect. And the same thing happened with the birth of baby Andrew. So I kept having this odd feeling throughout the whole pregnancy that I'm like, I don't know if he's going to come early or late. I just have no sense at all. But I kept having, it's, it's this, first I'll share this. I kept having these words, fast and furious, like this baby's going to come fast and furious, cemented in my mind. And I didn't understand it. And I thought it was really funny because the first time my husband and I ever were going to hang out, 
was my freshman summer of high school. He was a sophomore and his best friend was getting his driving driver's license. And back then there were no cell phones. There was something called a pager. And I remember he was like, page me and I'll call you and we can hang out because my friends got his license and he can pick us up and we can all go see Fast and Furious together. And I remember just thinking that was so funny. It ended up not working out because his friend's car broke down and I don't know. So anyways, we didn't hang out for like another six months. But anyways, our first quote unquote hangout was going to be to see the movie Fast and Furious. That will probably date and (laughs) help you guys understand how old I am by uh, Googling that movie and looking at the date. Hey guys, so spring is on its way finally. And I don't know about you, but when I think about the spring, I think about people getting outside more, being more social, getting more visible. And when I say visible, I wanna introduce you guys to my course, Invisible to Impactful. I bet some of you are wanting to use that new spring energy and put yourselves out there in business even more. And if that's you, And if you've been wondering how to get yourself visible, how to work through some of those fears and insecurities and limiting beliefs that maybe you tell yourself that's been holding you back from getting visible, this course is for you. It is simple, it is straightforward, and I also give you a bonus module. And the bonus module includes how to create all of your content for an entire year in about 30 minutes a week. Once you go through 13 weeks of creating your content, you are pretty much done forever. It's crazy, I know. Ask all of my clients, ask all of my mastermind ladies. I love making things simple. And this is how I started doing my content five years ago and still do it today. So I wanna give you guys a special little bonus because I'm on maternity. I am spending beautiful time outside right now. And why not just give you a fun little bonus? So anyways, get $100 off. Let's go from invisible to impactful with the code thinking like a boss podcast. Now this has to be all in caps. Okay. So uppercase letters, thinking like a boss podcast, head on over to keycrackle.com forward slash courses keycrackle.com forward slash courses. Again, get a hundred dollars off with the code thinking like a boss podcast in all caps. Guys, don't wait, go get started now. This is my signature course has been out there for four years and people swear by it. All right. Love ya. So anyways, I'm getting off topic a little bit. These are not like fully edited, just so you know. So I am just, and also the this series, I am not like taking notes or anything. I am just going to come on here. I'm on my phone. I think, I don't know if I told you that. <laughs> I'm not recording on the regular podcasting equipment um, because I got to keep it easy right now. <clears throat> I got a baby home with me. So fast and furious, fast and furious, and I couldn't understand it. and first month again. I'm just sitting here waiting. Baby is moving and things are happening and things are looking as if this baby might come early. I was getting a lot of Braxton Hicks early on. 
Um, I had started dilating very, very early. Um, but nothing was actually going on. And I was living in this place of, oh my God, I'm literally twiddling my, twiddling my thumbs. I have nothing to do. So this was my season of laundry. All that I did in that season, that one month before the baby came, was organizing, tearing the house apart, um, switching like winter clothes to spring clothes, doing laundry, folding laundry, putting laundry away, literally uh, rinse and repeat. That's all that I was doing was organizing and doing laundry. And I know it sounds funny. Like you would think, oh, a CEO of a business, like you'd have more to do. But I can't tell you how many days that I cried over feeling like I no longer have meaning in my life right now. I have nothing that I'm working towards. My life is on hold. I feel like I'm in jail right now. Um because I don't want to get anything new started because the baby might come. Um, thankfully, I had no edits for my book or very minimal edits, I should say. So all I'm literally doing is folding laundry. Um, and the crazy thing was I could have been reading books, listening to audiobooks, all that jazz, but I just felt God saying to me, sit in the quiet sit in the uncomfortable. And I would try to pull out a book or turn on an audiobook and I just could not concentrate. And the funny thing is if you would ask me, all right, during that month long of silence, I also didn't feel like really like seeing friends or talking to friends. It was the weirdest sort of like holding pattern I've been in. I didn't even think about anything. Like if you were to ask me again, like, what did you do? All I can say is I folded laundry and I didn't think. It was a weird, weird space to be in. Like I wasn't depressed or anything. Um, I was really excited to have this baby arrive, but I couldn't read. I couldn't listen to audiobooks. Um, I wasn't like seeing a lot of friends. I just was literally being present and um, taking life moment by moment, spending a lot of time with the kids. And it was really nice, but it was also really uncomfortable. But And again, I kept hearing fast and furious. And I'm like, fast and furious, wouldn't that mean that this baby would come fast, like soon? But baby was still not coming. So my due date was April 15th. Annabelle's birthday was April 16th. And my biggest fear was that I would be in the hospital and not be there for her birthday. And, you know, we had her birthday party at her school planned. What they do is on your birthday, you can basically like the party that you would have at home, they would do in her daycare. You bring cake, pizza, um, party bags, decorations, all that stuff. And I kept saying, I don't want to miss that. I would feel so bad because she's so excited and so looking forward to her fourth birthday because now she's like finally sort of understanding what a birthday is and all. Um, so I had all of that planned. And again, due date was the 15th. Her birthday was the 16th. Um, two weeks prior, I started having back labor. It was this like excruciating pain where I couldn't sleep. 
I couldn't sit. I couldn't stand up. No matter what I did, I was in so much pain that I just, like all day long, I was uncomfortable. And that may be part of why, like I couldn't think or I couldn't concentrate or read or anything. I was just in so much pain. And I was like, God, please take this away. I can't, I can't deal with this. Um, so I'd gone into the doctor and they were like, yeah, you're having back labor. Maybe it's the way the baby's positioned, blah, blah, blah. You are like already starting to dilate. This was two weeks prior to due date. So let's do this. Let's, um, let's book an induction because we don't want to see you in this much pain. You probably don't want to be in this much pain. Everything's already getting started with the baby. Um, with, I'm not going to get into all the details, but from what they could see down there, it was all sort of happening two weeks prior. And I'm like, okay, great. So we set the induction for April 10th. As soon as I put that date on the calendar, I felt God saying to me as I drove home from the doctor's office, cancel it, cancel it. You don't need it. Just trust, just trust me, trust me and cancel it. And I couldn't really understand why. Um, and I thought, okay, maybe it's because the baby's just going to come earlier, early, right? Fast and furious. <laughs> so I said, all right, I'm going to cancel it. As soon as I said those words out loud, somehow miraculously, literally all the pain stopped. It's crazy. He was like, trust me. Okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And the pain stopped. Um. And the other crazy thing was all of the contractions I had been having, they all stopped too. And I'm like, this is weird. We had so many false alarms. This is weird. Like I thought I was going to go into labor and this and that. And now everything's pretty much stopped. And then out of nowhere, things would start again and then stop, start again and then stop. So then before we know it, my due date arrives and baby is still not here. I'm like, God, fast and furious. What is going on? This is the longest you've had me waiting. I don't get it. I canceled my induction. Um, like what is going on? I do all the shopping. Annabelle and me sat down and did all the goodie bags the week before. She was so excited for her birthday. We had her party dress all picked out. Again, due date, no baby. We wake up the morning of her birthday. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. So now I won't miss her birthday. I'm here for her birthday. How amazing is that? We put her special party dress on. We've got everything packed. We're ready to go. We get an email from the school. Um, Her, this, the name of this classroom cannot come to school today. You are all quarantined. Somebody in her class had COVID. I almost started crying. I was heartbroken. Annabelle, I'm so sorry, but we can't go to school. We can't have your party. And she was a trooper. That's all I can say. I said, we're going to have fun today here. We're going to have a party here. We're going to make it so much fun. And then once your friend is done having their cold, that's what we call it, a cold, um, we will go back to school and we'll do your party. So now I'm also panicking because we are home quarantined and I'm supposed to have this baby any day. And guess what? (laughs) There's nothing we can do about it. 
grandparents can't be around us because, you know, they were supposed to stay here and help us. She's quarantined. So anyways, (laughs) this was the longest, longest waiting process. And I'm going to just like sort of skip to the chase. Baby ended up not arriving for another four days. Baby was five days late. However, during this whole process, I was wondering like, which doctor will I get for the delivery? Like what's going to happen? Cause my doctor had gone out on medical leave and not come back. And there was this midwife that I just really, really enjoyed. Um, I had a couple of my appointments with her before the baby had arrived. And I thought to myself, like, how amazing would it be if I could have that midwife um, deliver the baby? Because she just, I just really um, connected with her. And there were a lot of other little things that were leading up to this. But again, I'm going to just keep it short and sweet. I kept, like, there were no contractions. Nothing was happening except it just felt like this baby was about to fall out. And on the fourth day past my due date, I am like, I don't know what's going on, but I just think this baby's going to come out. It's strange because I don't really have contractions. I just have this like shooting pain in my thighs. So I call the hospital and guess who answers? It's the midwife. And she's like, I'm on call right now. And I said, this is what's going on. I don't really have contractions, but down there, I literally feel like I can almost feel the baby's head. Like this baby is going to like just fly out of here. And she was like, well, you have your doctor's appointment in the morning, so we can do this. Um, you can come to the hospital. I can check you, or you can just sleep and go to your appointment in the morning. And I was like, I don't know. I just have this feeling I need to come. So go to the hospital She looks, she's like, yep, you know, you definitely got a lot going on down there. (laughs) Your contractions are not super strong. So you could go home and sleep and come back in the morning and we can see what happens. Or we can just break your water because water hadn't broke yet and see if anything gets started, if contractions start happening. And I was like, all right, let's do that. So bring me to the room. Hubs finally gets to come in, break my water, and all of a sudden I start getting contractions. And I'm like, okay, great. This is go time. And then they start getting stronger 10, 15 minutes in and stronger and stronger. And they had asked, when do you want your epidural? And at first I had said, oh, you know, I'll wait till they, you know, I'll see where I get to and I'll wait a little longer. But then before we know it, they just start spinning out of control. And I'm like, oh my God, I need it right now. Call the doctor. Get the epidural here. Because that was my biggest fear was not being able to get it. And they're like, okay, we're hurrying up. We're going to do our best to get here ASAP. And all of a sudden, 
everything just starts spinning out of control. I can't even think. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening, but I've never had this much pain. My husband looks and he's like, I don't remember you in this much pain with any of your births. And I was like, me neither. This is so scary. And then all of a sudden the nurse comes in, the guys wheel a card in with the epidural and I'm standing up and she's, she's like, I'm like, I think, I think the baby's like coming or something. I need that epidural. She looks and she's like, oh my God, sit down. And at that moment, I knew it was too late. She sent them out. (laughs) I'm now panicking. And I'm like, I can't do this. I panic. I can't do this. There's no way that I can have this baby on my own without medication. I've never done it before. And I remember just, I kept saying like, I'm not trying to be a hero. I just need my epidural. I was so scared. So scared. And then before we know it, something happens. And you know what, guys? I wasn't going to do this. I was going to tell you the whole story today, but I'm going to save the rest for next week because it's really special what comes next. And I want to be able to share the next part of that. So come back for episode 139. And again, I was not trying to do this. I was hoping that I could talk fast enough and get it all in in one episode. But I promise you guys that my episodes will never be longer than 30 minutes. So that's all we got for today. Come back next week, episode 139, and I'll share the rest. It's something very interesting. One out of 80,000. This happens in one out of 80,000 births. So come back and listen. Hey friends, make sure you subscribe so you can receive the latest episode automatically downloaded wherever you are listening to this show. We also read every single review. So make sure you let us know what you thought about today's episode by leaving a review. Love ya.